0: All right, you're now tuned in to the follow through with Clips and Drew, the true players podcast, episode 290. It is August 24th. It is Kobe Day. We're going to tell you guys how we celebrated it. A picture of Jacked Zion goes viral. Is Austin Rivers hating on Brawny James? The Clippers get screwed once again with the NBA schedule, and finally, We get some FIBA basketball in two days. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up everybody? You know what it is, you know where you're at. It's the Follow Through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, for episode 290. We're almost at the coveted 300, Drew. We're going to have to do something for episode
1: 300. That's coming up shortly. Yeah, it's crazy that we're we're 10 episodes away from 300 episodes. Like where did the time go, man? I don't know. I don't know where it went. And it's crazy how some people have like 600 under their belt. Like how many times a week do you guys record,
0: you yeah. know? Yeah. Shout out to my my guy, our guy Combo, who think just hit it like his five
1: hundredth. Combo lapped us, bro. He started way after we did, and he has lapped us. That dude, that dude grinds. He sure does. Shout out to Combo. Um,
0: it is eight twenty four August twenty fourth. It is Kobe Day. It's a big day. It was his birthday yesterday. Uh, on our page today, we've just dedicated the whole day to Kobe. Uh, I think we all have our own relationship with Kobe and what he meant to us and something that I've been doing for the past three years is I like to do 24,000 steps. You know, I'm big into my walks and, uh, I do 24,000 steps on Kobe day. And I just hit it before we hit, uh, our podcast before we started recording. Nice. Thanks, man. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a lot of steps. I normally get in about, you know, 14 to 18 a day, 18,000, which is, which is a Mm. good amount as well. But 24 is 12 miles, dude. So I started this morning at about 4 a.m., got on the beach trail. And, you know, I I do it just because that's my way of showing some respect for Kobe. It's waking up and actually doing it. I know it's it's, it's a little stretch to say, um, you know, Mamba mentality. But I was up at 4 a.m. this morning and I said, I got to do this. Kobe would do it, right? It's Mm. 24,000 steps. So that's my own little thing that I like to do. And I'm not saying everybody has to do it, but maybe it's something you should start next year. And when you hit the 24,000, it's a it's a nice accomplishment because it is a lot of steps. It that is, is a 12, lot. My, it's a lot, man, especially getting it before 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, but that's just my little thing that I like to do. So the, and, and not to mention, I only wear Laker or Kobe gear once a year, and that is today. So shout-out to Forest Lab. I'm rocking my Kobe shirt. Lay, uh, Drew's got on his Laker hat. But it's Kobe Day, Drew. How you
1: feeling? Yeah, it's a you know, eight twenty four is is a great day to remember Kobe Bryant as is eight twenty three. Uh, it's kind of like a two day remembrance thing, having them so close to each other those two days back to back. And uh, I think my favorite part of of this is is the outpouring of love and the remembrance of Kobe. Uh, it just it puts a huge smile on my face watching all of these highlights and things that are being shared uh, and uh, yesterday i was watching a clip of the the laker team you know reacting to the announcement of kobe's passing and that just like broke me down a little bit i got teary eyed and you know it still feels so recent right we were we're we're, we're just kind of getting out of that covid bubble thing even still I know it's not been on the tops of most people's minds, but you know it's still around, and and I think that time frame, at least for me, the whirlwind as we all remember is David Stern passes away, Kobe passes away, and then the whole world shut down. <laughs> so it still feels surreal in a way that that uh, I can't quite put a finger on, uh, other than the fact that every time I watch a Laker game or any uh, anytime that Kobe's name is brought up, I mean it just ends so sadly with like I can't believe he's not here, but I want to stick to the happy side of things as I mentioned, all the stuff that's on i g there's been so many awesome memories, but one in particular that caught my eye was uh from Trevor Ariza. you probably saw this clips where Trevor took a screenshot of a of a text message that he had with Kobe uh in which he sent Kobe a picture of him taking a fadeaway jumper against the Suns with three different players guarding him and the fadeaway, like three guys are contesting the shot. And Trevor sent the picture and just sent a bunch of laughing face emojis. And Kobe responded. It means someone should have an easy putback if I miss LOL, which is, you know, I just love everything about that because for as much as been made of Kobe's later years and the leadership and all that stuff, the early part of his career, number eight, always took the fadeaway jumper with three guys in his face. And I just, I absolutely love that. uh, Remembering the way that he would carry himself and the way that he played these games. Uh, You know, it, it, it's just incredible. I I just miss the guy so much, miss watching him play, but mostly, you know, miss having him around. I think he would be a huge part of this Lakers organization, yeah. as we as we would expect. Um, You know, his guy Rob Palinka is kind of you know at the helm and has been for for a little while now, and I know that he would be a huge part of the the brain trust uh, of the Lakers, and I I, uh, I desperately wish that he could be a part of that as well as Gigi. I mean, that's the last thing I'll mention is like, so many people lost their lives in that helicopter crash and. We won't remember all of them as much as we remember Kobe and Gigi, but uh, I really do wish that we had Gigi around to see what she would be doing right now with the game of basketball and where she'd be at in her life. And, um, you know, that part of it is also so sad. So uh, it's still, you know, a lot of mixed emotions for me, obviously. I, I, I smile and I remember him with a lot of fondness, but then, you know, it just, Ultimately, I end up being like, man, this is so fucked up.
0: Yeah, I mean, three years goes really fast. And it feels like, you know, we bring it up on this show a lot, but our most downloaded show ever is our Dear Kobe episode. And that was the hardest thing like that we had ever done in podcasting was doing that show. And I know it helped a lot of people out. It was listened to by a lot of people. If you can go back and listen to it, you should. Um, But you know, to what you're saying, I think as sad as that is, as what happened is, and we'll never forget that, I think this is the day, the 824 is to remember the 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 really great times and the fun times. And it is awesome on social media to see all the great moments and the people talking about them. And even just like the fact that all these dudes are on podcasts and everybody that's on a podcast, whether it's uh, you know, Paul Georges or Bill Simmons or whoever else it is, th- there's always a Kobe story, right? Mm-hmm. And it's always a story that Iman Shumpert always tells a good story, Kobe story. And uh, so those memories get to live on. And, you know, the Lakers are going to give Kobe his, you know, rightful statue, which is yeah. going to be awesome. I don't know the date that they're going to do it. February
1: 2nd, of- February fe- excuse me, February 8th, 2024. So it's going to be two eight two for GG, 8 for Kobe, 24 awesome. for Kobe. February, coming up, it'll be this season. We have a bronze statue, uh, which is just awesome. I mean, Kobe's statue was always going to go there. I mean, it was never not going to be there. Right. Uh, But to have it be done this season uh, and and on that day will be be pretty tremendous. I don't know how I'm going to feel when that happens.
0: Yeah, and you know, also, we've mentioned before, but like all the players that Kobe inspired, All the stars of today, the Jason Tatums, the Devin Bookers, the Paul Georges, you know, these guys that Kobe, Kawhi Leonard's that, you know, got to work out with Kobe and Kobe got to spit a lot of game to them and teach them the ropes. And, you know, also, I think people talk about Mamba mentality, like I got Mamba mentality and whatnot. I don't think you do. Like, I I, I don't think people really... Uh, understand how much. Co- I mean, you, you understand now because of the stories, and I think we're when the documentary comes out that followed him around. You know, that final year, when that finally comes out, I think people are really going to understand how hard this guy worked at his craft and whatnot. I'm not saying that Jason Tatum and Devin Booker, they don't do that, but I'm saying that there was other, there's levels to this and Kobe's yeah. approach to the game while inspiring to a lot of these guys, even even the stories they told about the USA team. Remember when Kobe came and it changed everybody's, the whole demographic of that team and their work ethic and and it carried on through the regular season as well. But that Mamba mentality, it's a, it's a real thing. And, uh, that's one thing you got to appreciate. I mean, there's many things to appreciate about Kobe, not just basketball, but the work ethic in general, um, was something that's still inspiring to me. And as, as hard as I think that we work or that we do something, uh, it's probably definitely not close enough to how Kobe approached basketball in the game. So that's something that I like to take away, even just doing the 24,000 steps today, right? It's, It's not a hard feat to do, but it's committing to something, waking up and doing it. I wanted to do do it before our show came out today, and I got it done in eight hours. And then it goes to show you that, like, shit, 24,000, I could do, I could have done 30, you know? I could have done 16 miles. So, anyways, it was inspiring. It's something that I want to take, you know, going in to this basketball season for us. Like, I want... I want to work harder on our podcast because I know that if Kobe was doing it, he'd probably be the best at it. Right. So that's what I'm taking away um, from Kobe day today. I hope everybody enjoys their day. Um, Celebrate it the way you want to celebrate it. Send us a picture or, you know,
1: let us know what you're doing today. Do you have anything else to say on that? Drew? I think mama, I, I, everything you just said is, is awesome. And I, and I, Agree with it, and I think that Mamba mentality is an aspiration for folks that won't ever be reached by by most, right? You know, and uh, it's a great thing that you did, you know, walking twenty four thousand steps, and all these other people out there that want to, you know, have this Mamba mentality. I do think that because of how commonplace that you know that specific wording is, it can get lost in like how difficult and how much of a road it is. And I think the truth of the Mamba mentality is more about like embracing the journey, embracing the grind. Right. And that's been said in the past, but I don't think, I think a lot of times Mamba mentality is just thrown around when a guy makes a tough shot or plays really hard on defense or something like that. And the reality is at least for me in the way that I've seen, you know, Kobe go about things uh, in, in, over his career. Was it, it the Mamba mentality is about waking up at four, working out for two hours, eating breakfast, working out for two more hours, eating lunch, <laughs> like and then lifting and then doing shoot around at the end. Of, like that's the Mamba mentality that that I think you were talking about and that most people may forget that that that's really what it is. He fell in love with the idea of constantly getting better uh, and the work that you have to put in to do that. So if anything is taken away from that, at least something that I'll be passing on to the people in my life, if I ever have children, is Mamba mentality doesn't mean you're the best player on the court, doesn't mean you just hit a really difficult shot, doesn't mean that you did a great, you know, one defensive play. Mamba mentality is about how you live your life and uh, how 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 you attack things and how you achieve goals. So that's what I think, and I think you were kind of, right all all over that as well but i just want to make sure that i at least give my two cents on what mamba mentality means to me yeah those are facts drew um you know we're, we're going into another
0: week of slow news week but I pulled, <laughs> I, I, I pulled i pulled some stuff that was really interesting that i posted on our page and i want to go through a couple things drew and the first one is our boy zion is Ooh. back is back obviously in the gym. There was a picture that surfaced that we posted on our page of I'm looking at it right now as I'm as I'm <laughs> talking. And I am absolutely shocked. At the transformation of this guy. I've never seen anybody have more body transformations than Zion Williams. Other than James Harden. Well, James, I honestly drew. I wanted I was supposed to say at the beginning of the show, (laughs) I did not want any mention of James Harden or Damian Lillard in this show. And we're probably going to have to bring them up. But you're right. I don't think I don't think Zion ever put on a fat suit. Zion just got fat for a while.
1: Right? right. Well, you're convinced but, that James Harden actually wore a fat suit. I am convinced that that is not the case, and that he was fat. That Harden <laughs> was fat. Yeah, that Harden was just fat, and then has different ways of showing that.
0: Well, didn't he po- he posted in the story of the fat suit hanging in the closet? Did you see that?
1: I don't know if I saw that.
0: He had it hanging in the closet, and he's something like, "It's time to bring this bad boy out." And I don't know if he was joking or what. But I don't. Okay, I don't want to talk about James Harden. We're talking about Zion right now. <laughs> Now, look, Zion looks absolutely ripped. I remember our podcast with Jelani McCoy, and when Jelani said that he had to guard Shaq, it was like guarding an athletic refrigerator, right? Like There's no way that you could guard. This guy, talk about the Bayou bully. This man looks gigantic. I don't understand how anybody, I don't care who you are, Joel Embiid, Giannis, don't care if you're James Johnson, whatever the hell his name is, how strong you are, this dude is going to be a problem. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned that you you showed your wife, Casey, this. <laughs> and what's
1: the first thing Casey said? Yeah, she, she was like, is he going to get drug tested? That was her first question. And I said, yes. I said, yes, 100% when a picture like this gets leaked, uh, even if it's been in, in Alex Caruso's case, even if it was photoshopped. Right you still get a knock at the door and say, hey, come pee in this cup for me because that doesn't look like a transformation that should happen uh, in this given amount of time. So the NBA is very good at this, right? Like a picture comes out, looks like Zion may have gained 20 pounds of muscle. I don't know how much muscle he gained. He looks legitimately like a linebacker, a D end at this point. He looks like he could be in the original cast of Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jesse Ventura and all those guys. Like he looks like he would fit right in. I'd love to measure the pipes right now. I would love to see how large they are uh, in inches to see what we're dealing with. But uh, yeah, her first question was, (laughs) is he going to get drug tested? And I guarantee he will be, he looks like Debo
0: dude. Like this guy is just (laughs) gigantic. And you know what? If, if, Adam, if I'm Adam Silver and Zion looks like that, I'd be like, nah, bro. We don't, we don't, we don't need, we need
1: Zion this year. Like we need the ratings. Let's not test him. Let's just make sure he gets, can we test his knees and his feet? Let's test those. Let's, let's (laughs) test the structural stability of those things there.
0: Okay. So let's, let's talk
1: about this though. If this is the Zion we're getting
0: right, like maybe something clicked in his head or maybe, you know, his, his, his feet were good enough to be able to start working out and do some real you know, lifting and running and doing all this shit. Maybe he's turned uh, a page in, 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 in his career right now. Cause if this is the guy you're going to get, this is a problem, Drew. And if you got a Brandon Ingram coming back from FIBA and you got CJ looking nice and they got a, they got a nice little core over there. Maybe this is going to be Zion's year Um, because they were so good when he was playing and so bad when he was not. So I think it looks promising.
1: Yeah. And I don't think this is Photoshop, right? There's no way this is photo. They wouldn't have. Uh, You never know. You never know. You never know about the Photoshop. But I'm going to go with with just how I mean, if it's Photoshop, then Bravo, like well done, because it looks legit. Uh, But I, you know, it's not shocking for a guy like him with his build. You could see it. I mean, in high school and in college, he was always a hefty guy. And and we just it was just a matter of time before this happened, right before he goes, well, I can't play. So let me lift and let me get a little bit bigger uh so that there's there's literally no no pushing him around and look man i for all of that everything we just talked about all the things we just said and the fact that he looks great and all the pounds i just want him to be on the court right like right. that's all i want that's all everyone wants is i don't give a shit how big his arms are if he can play 70 games next year right uh, in fact i may even go on the other side and say that you know based on what happened with Anthony Davis when he put on, not, I don't think he put on as much weight as Zion did in this obviously, maybe he did, but AD came back, you know, maybe 12, 15 pounds heavier and completely lost all of his touch. Uh So Zion is not necessarily the touch, quote unquote, touch or finesse no. kind of guy. He's a, he's a banger, right? But what also happened when Anthony gained that weight is that he became a little bit more susceptible to injury because he's moving more weight constantly. When you're jumping, that puts more pressure on your knees and your ankles and your feet which is all the problems that zion's had so i you know my biggest concern is not okay look finally we can get this guy jacked and and he'll be a better no it's all about can you fucking play like that's literally all i care about and so i think to me the more exciting piece about this or even you know the picture that would would have been the most exciting for me is like watching him play or a video clip of him playing five on five that would have been more exciting than the picture of him being jacked. I'm not shocked at the, him being jacked, but I it still leaves me wondering what kind of shape he's going to be in as far as readiness to play and and how many minutes can you play at that weight? Uh you know, how's your stamina and and durability? That's that's always going to be the concern with Zion and it's always got to be the concern for the Pelicans. Like you said, the Pelicans were fantastic. Last year, when he was playing, and and to be fair, I think they have an unbelievable record when Zion is on the floor when he plays in a game. Yes, the record is good, very good, yes. which is also not shocking. Uh, But last year was the perfect storm for the Pelicans. They they lost Brandon Ingram and Zion. Uh They started out super hot, if 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 everyone remembers, and mm. and then that just tapered. We were off. talking about them getting to the chip, dude. Dude, they were the one seed in the West yeah. <laughs> uh, for a period of time. Right. So. It they were looking really good. I, I called them the deepest team in the NBA last year during that time, which was a great overreaction, a fantastic overreaction take from me. Uh, as they you know <laughs> barely squeaked into the mm. you know, I what did they finish? They finished like 10th or something like that, right? Then so, anyway, um, all that matters is getting this guy on the court. Uh, I don't, I don't worry about Brandon Ingram, you know, he had a weird injury. I don't, I don't see that happening again. I don't worry about CJ, even though he's had multiple injuries over the course of his career, the biggest concern is, can Zion play 60 games? And if he can, the Pelicans will be in the playoffs. I mean, that's just plain and simple. I agree. Um, I think if you
0: look at it from the positive, like the way I'm looking at this is maybe the trade rumors, the threats of trading Zion, which was a, a real thing people were talking about weeks ago, a month ago, maybe the whole dilemma with the porn stars, and stuff like he, he did not have the best off season. Let's just <laughs> say that. Okay. And maybe that's the thing that clicked and it's not as bad as what jaw went through and whatnot, but uh, hopefully when jaw comes back from the 25 game suspension and all this, maybe he's learned his lesson, right. maybe that this, all this happening, you go from, you know, superstar number one pick coming into the NBA to now being like, Oh shit, people are the Pelicans might trade me. Oh, I'm not, I'm not doing well with my fan base because I'm banging f- porn stars and the porn. <laughs> stars are getting real threatening and his social media wasn't looking that great maybe this was a wake-up call so yeah maybe I'm ho- I'm hoping because if this is the version we're getting of Zion this is going to be a problem for anybody you had mentioned right. he's I mean the only game we ever saw him with a finesse touch was his first game when he All hit like three the threes yeah. I'll never forget standing in my living room watching that game with you and being like what where did this he come just
1: from nailed three after three after <laughs> three and then I don't know if he's shot more than 10 since that game right but we saw him become quite the bully there there's nobody that can stay
0: in front of this guy it doesn't matter who you are and if you're this version of this guy a lot of people are going to be hurt this year and so let's keep our our fingers crossed that because the the nba is just better with zion man we need zion in the game And you mentioned you wanted to see like clips of him playing there was a clip a couple weeks ago of him at like some camp we went to some kids camp and just did a nonchalant his famous windmill that he could probably do in his sleep without stretching right right right, but he knocked that one out and uh but
1: i don't know man he he, what do you think he looks like what 265 no idea it's so hard it's so hard to tell where he where that weight is at and look i mean i thought he was 300 plus and then he then he wasn't and and Uh so going back to like the body fluctuations no no idea where he's weighing right now no clue. if i had to put a number on it i think maybe 270 would be uh-huh. my guess but i don't i who knows man it could be more it could be less uh and look i the thing that i'll that i'll finish up with here is like regarding whether or not this is clicking for him like if 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 the mentality is changing and uh you know i i agree with you he had a he had a a, a rough off season right trade rumors um about you know the potential draft picks that were coming in and, and the Pelicans loving Scoot Henderson so much and all the off court stuff as well. He as became you, a dad. Right. He became a father. Like there's all these things. But also within that during the summer he he was asked about dieting, right? Which is again going back to kind of my earlier point, it would be more impressive for Zion to show up thinner and in shape. Yeah. Than it is for him to be yoked and potentially a little out of shape. Uh, and he was asked, you know, is it difficult to die? And he said, just straight up, he goes, yeah, it's difficult. Like, I can't, I can't really do it because this is something that he's never had to deal with. Right. As, as a young kid, this, this goes for most, most kids, you can eat whatever, whatever the hell you want and it doesn't affect you. And for Zion, I think the same would be true, uh, for the most part, you know, going back to like the, the reference of Charles Barkley there, you know, eat whatever you want. That's totally fine. But there is a line, a delineation. You have to you have to stay on the good side of the line there. Eat whatever you want, but work out and make sure you get that out of your system and do your cardio and you know, make sure that you're that you're you're doing everything else. If you're gonna do the things that, you know, so many athletes have done in the past, which is not be super concerned about how well you are in shape or not dieting, then you have to do all this other work to make sure that you're you're making up for that. So my hope is, is that it has clicked for him, but I'm not. 100% certain on that and and I'm not going to stand here and say that this is a new Zion uh, because there is whatever you know six weeks eight weeks or whatever we got left before the season starts and within that time his body I'm sure will change again from the picture that we're talking about Zion the shapeshifter that's that's going to have to be his new
0: nickname been throwing out the nicknames lately Hardini went went well last week just to <laughs> let you know Hardini went really well people like that so um, I'm, I'm with you on it, man. I'm not buying all of Zion's stock. All I'm saying is that 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 picture of him is like I my jaw dropped because I was like, this is this is absolutely insane. If that's yeah, if the he version, doesn't if
1: he can't make it on the court, he has a career in the WWE waiting for him.
0: 100. Um. So another thing we posted this week that did pretty well on our page, it sparked a lot of conversation, was uh my guy Austin Rivers. Was on. His, I don't know if it was his podcast or another podcast, but he had some things to say about Bronny and his NIL deal. We're gonna we're gonna play the clip right now. That Bronny's NIL was seven million. Yeah, that's just high school insane. I mean, we know why he got that. He got that because he's the son of LeBron James. Born, no, I mean, a uh, player in high school. Yeah, I, 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 if this was going on while I was in high school, I, I probably would have signed a $50-$60 60000000 million dollar deal with Under Armour. I'm not even kidding i was the number one player in the country at the time you know Bronny's not even i don't even know what is Bronny ranked i was there was no fluctuation with me i was one you know what i mean it's a very easy number to remember i was number one in the country and with the mixtape era that was out then if they had deals then in high school i would have probably added an extra 20 to 30 million dollars in my net worth and so when we posted that all i said was austin rivers is stating facts And I think he is what uh, a lot of people said. Oh, man, Austin Rivers is, is hating. Austin Rivers is being a hater, hating on Braun. You know, Doc, Doc is the reason Austin is who he is today. And I'm like, look, guys, Austin Rivers in high school was the number one player in the nation that was hands down undisputed, just like he said. And that was a good class. But he was the bona fide number one player in the country during that time the the mixtape era that was coming out austin rivers probably has besides zion and like two other people that i really liked austin rivers had the best mixtape in high school as well this guy was insane in high school and been a damn good nba player i think austin was being a little uh naive about getting 50 or 60 million dollars from from under armor i think that's a lot but i i do think his nil deal would have been a lot of money right now if he could have made money and i think that brawny got his nil deal mostly because he's lebron james son and these are just facts seven million dollars for brawny for being at the at the highest the number 26 player in the country the number 26 player isn't getting seven million dollars right right you're probably barely even getting like merch deals but if you're brawny with 1 million followers you remember brawny got a million followers the night he opened his instagram because lebron said hey brawny's got an instagram boom i think he got a million in the first hour it's not hating austin rivers is just stating facts and maybe i think it's because a lot of people don't like austin rivers (laughs) and the way he says things it may come off as condescending and our boy stan who i was going back and forth with on this um and maybe I missed the boat on it. I want somebody to explain to me why it sounds like Austin is hating. He's just saying, man. I I was number one in the in the country. Mm-hmm. I would have made a lot of money. Zion, think if Zion could have made money in high school, with the amount of followers that he had yep. and and his hype that he had. Mac McClung. Mac McClung. Shout out to him. He just got a. He got, he's going to be with Orlando Magic on a two-way, two-way deal.
1: Yeah.
0: Fucking love it. I don't know how the Orlando Magic, they have 74 people on their roster right now.
1: And like it's only point guards and then Franz and Mo Wagner. That's it.
0: (laughs) That's it. So uh, tell me what you think about this, Drew, because I I don't I think he was completely correct about it. Everything Mm -hmm. he said, I think he was correct. Minus the 60 million (laughs) dollars.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Look. All right. So you are correct. Austin rivers was simply just trying to make the equation of what he could have gotten in his position in today's world. I think that's the easiest way to explain what he's talking about is like, if I was currently the number one player in this, in the same class as Bronny, I should have gotten X amount of dollars. But to your point, I'm pretty sure Bronny's making more money than anyone else in that class. Right? Right. And I think that is where the hate comes in for both. For both Bronny and for Austin Rivers. Because both of those guys are benefiting from their fathers. Right, Doc Rivers did a whole lot to help Austin Rivers be the number one player as far as his development um, and as far as getting to Duke. And then as far as in the NBA, Doc Rivers is the reason that Austin is still in the NBA. We know this. He traded for his son. He traded away Reggie Bullock and to, and another guy to keep Austin Rivers in the NBA. He was not going to get a contract. Since then, he's, I think, since that particular moment in time where he was playing for the Clippers for his dad, which sounded like not the greatest time, by the way, for both of those individuals. They don't, uh, don't everybody think they in that locker
0: themselves. room. Let's just say Austin Rivers didn't help the already <laughs> dysfunctional family that was happening in there because not a lot of people like Austin rivers for a reason. So I get that continue.
1: But since then, since, since, you know, doc saved him, I think Austin has done a really good job of filling the role as he's talked about on his podcast, filling a very specific role within any team, which is being available, trying really hard on defense, making smart plays and knowing that you're not going to start knowing you're probably not going to play more than 20 minutes maybe even not more than 10 or 15 in a night. And I think he delivers the value that he is getting currently. But in a similar fashion, people are looking at Bronny and saying exactly the same thing, right? I would go as far as to say the only reason he's ranked in the top 26 or the top whatever is because of LeBron James. Yes, I would say Bronny more so than Austin Rivers has gotten a leg up because of just because of LeBron. And it's not uh, Bronny's fault, first of all. It just, is not. No, LeBron's your pops, and I get that.
0: But what you're saying that Doc is not LeBron James, okay? Correct. Doc was was great, and from everything that I learned, I I don't even think Austin and Doc had a good relationship until like recently. Yeah, I, I don't
1: even know if it's good still. I
0: don't. Right? I think he. I think he calls him Glenn. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think he does. So I I I, I think. Austin in high school, we can, can we both agree on this. Austin in high school was light years better than Bronny was in high school. I 100% agree with that. Okay, and most people that know basketball and listen to the show and just know anything about basketball, they could probably say the same thing. Austin Rivers was better than Bronny James in high school, but social media, millions of followers, carries clout, and that's where NIL deals come from. Correct. You no, know, that's where you get paid the money. So. I think what people are more upset about is the fact that Austin Rivers straight up said, you know, he got that because his dad is LeBron James. The way he said that is kind of condescending. And I guess people can come at you and be like, well, the only reason you got the contracts in the NBA was because of Doc. You know, Doc did throw him a line to get on that Clippers team. Yeah, he which saved he just, him. What's that? He saved him. A hundred percent. And I think Austin understood that because he played his ass off for yep. us. And I, to this day, I've probably mentioned Austin rivers more than anybody on anybody else's podcast. I loved Austin rivers on the Clippers. The players did not because he was Glenn's son and we could have, we could have traded him. I think we were trying to get uh mellow. If I'm not mistaken, like we could have gotten Carmelo Anthony, if we were going to package Jamal Crawford, Austin rivers and one more guy and, Everybody was on board except for Doc. And I think that was one of the things that pissed off a lot of people in the locker room, especially Chris Paul and especially Blake Griffin, who are Team Jordan at the time and (laughs) wanted their buddy Mellow. So Austin Rivers was kind of just, you know, collateral damage with that. But I also remember Austin Rivers getting his ass kicked in a playoff series, his nose broke, his eyes bloody, and coming in and getting buckets. Like I liked Austin Rivers. I'm getting off topic. The topic is. Everything that Austin Rivers said to me was 100 accurate, and if you think any differently, anybody listening to this show, if, if if you can give me a reason why you think that Austin Rivers was hating, let me know, because I think we just explained it to you, at, at, you know, in layman's terms what he was saying. So well, I think
1: you, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's it's his comment that seems to be completely. Uh, unaware of his own circumstances being very similar. I think that's it. I think that's it, right? If, if people have another uh, different opinion, then please let us know. But I do think that's the one where he just, he just, he tries to undercut Bronny and how good or not he is by saying LeBron is the reason that he gets the paycheck. And, and to be fair, Austin Reeves is correct. So we'll just close it with that. Austin Reeves is right. Bronny gets the deals because he's attached to LeBron James. And because there is an upside future, regardless of what Bronny does, he will probably be a famous person for the rest of his life. Right. Right. So he's either going to be an NBA player that we know, uh, you know, and and get to watch year in and year out, or he's not. But regardless, I mean, shit, dude, Magic Johnson's son is famous. And that dude never played. Or I actually, I, I apologize. I don't know if it they i don't know i don't what think the, she but, played i don't yeah, think i don't she know played. what the, the correct pronouns but, i don't either uh anyway that that magic johnson's child is famous and never picked up a basketball in any shape or form so i do think that you know that has to be the reason that that people would would say that austin reeves is hating
0: yes and and at the end of the day lebron james name carries a lot of weight yep. man a lot of weight. We just said on last week's podcast, like about Bryce going to school. Like they got a, a whole gymnasium built just for the hopes that Bryce would come play at school. Bryce, although a good basketball player, th- the reason why they want him so bad is to have LeBron there. Right? It's just you it's not Le- it's not Bronny's fault that LeBron's his pops, but it just is what it is. I just don't think you can't compare Doc Rivers being Austin Rivers' dad and LeBron James being your dad as the same freaking thing. Even though parents provide opportunities for their children, that's just what happens. So, if you if you if you think differently, please let us know. But I think we n- hit the nail on the head on that one. Can I can I get pissed off for a minute, Drew? I haven't been pissed off, Clips, in a while. <laughs> sure. Can I can I be pissed off, Clips, for a minute? Okay, go right ahead. All right. Let me let me vent here for a second, Drew. I was going to save this for my final thought, but no, I think we need to discuss this because I I want to hear what you got to think. And I waited, I waited a week to do this because I really had to let it marinate. So the schedule comes out. The new NBA schedule comes out. Most people are really excited for the schedule. I mean, they're really only excited to see like crisp opening day and like Christmas games and whatnot. But I always like to look at the Clippers schedule because the Clippers always get screwed on the schedule. This is something that happens year in and year out. And you want to know how I know the NBA hates the Los Angeles Clippers. It's by looking at our schedule and tell me if this is fair drew this is not fair is it is it a big middle fucking finger from adam silver in our load management and whatnot saying all right guys you want to load manage we'll load manage this schedule (laughs) let me tell you why i'm pissed off drew while the clippers don't have the worst strength and schedule in the nba this is what's going to matter the most the they travel the most miles out of anyone this season at fifty thousand six hundred and seventy miles for comparison the next closest team are the nets with 47,000 miles might not mean a lot to you yes it's private flights that's 3,000 miles additionally drew I'm going to keep this going here the clippers have the most instances of 3 games in 4 days with 25 the denver nuggets have the least instances with 16 with that in mind The Clippers, us, we also have two instances of five games in seven nights, something that the NBA was hoping to get rid of entirely, but no, not for the Clippers. We're going to give you five games in seven nights. (laughs) Lastly, we have 15 back-to-backs. It's the same as last season, which is also the second most in the NBA last year. The average of back-to-backs is 14. We need our new arena. Is basically what I'm trying to say here. I mean, think about this, man. We have two series of five games and seven nights, and we have 25 games of three games and four nights this season. Does that sound fair to anybody else? Now, look, I'm I'm I'm, I'm not hating on the Denver Nuggets. If you win the if you win the championship, I think you should get some perks. Yeah, right. I think you should get some perks. There should come that you should earn more than just getting a trophy, right? So you win the chip, you're going to have the least instances of four games or three games in four days. Cool. But the fact that this happens to the Clippers constantly and how we're supposed to load manage the two most load manageable players in the world, I don't know what we're going to do, bro. We're just already starting off with uh, a strike against us. And it's, it's pissing me off. And Intuit Dome could not come any freaking sooner than right now. Talk to me, Drew. Talk me off the ledge. <laughs> I don't
1: know what you want from me. It's bullshit, Drew. That's what I'm saying. Or am I just <clears> being a bitter Clipper fan? It's not fair. Yeah, I don't know what you want from me because there's always going to be a team that has the worst schedule. For every season, there's always going to be a team that's going to be at the bottom that's going to have the same complaints as you. And every year, that team should change. That
0: we had a playoff have- game at 10 a.m. in the morning, Drew. Who does that? <laughs> Nobody in the world gets 10, 10 a.m. in the morning games. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> it's
1: bullshit. I just I just think that this is um, unfortunate for the Clippers. And, and you know what? If we're going to go into conspiracy theory side here, maybe this is a message to the Clippers from the NBA office going, hey, I know you guys saw the whole 65 game thing for all NBA. But just in case you weren't really going to try for that, we're actually going to go ahead and make sure that you can't, <laughs> you can't load manage these guys as much as you want. Um, I don't think it's that, right? I think it's just I, I'm almost positive that there is an algorithm no. that sets the schedules, uh, that gets reviewed, and then gets approved, and they go from there. I mean, it's it has to be one of the hardest tasks. Each and every year for all professional organizations coming up with the calendar, dude. Can you imagine how many dates and flights and all that shit that's got to be figured out? And you know what's podcast watch- rights and all that stuff? Like that's got to be complicated, bro. So I don't know if they're like doing the conspiracy theory stuff. I don't know if they're punishing teams as much as it is a computer that came up with something that screwed you guys again. AI can do all of this, by the way. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I have a
0: program right now that can do it. Also, fun fact: there is an awesome documentary on. I think it was a thirty for thirty short about uh, the ba- the people that make the baseball schedules. And actually, back in the day, it was just two people. Yeah, it was a, a husband and a wife that mathematically did all that shit. And it was so interesting because I can barely schedule out my day, let Dude. alone one hundred and eighty-two games. Sixty-two, one hundred and sixty-two games with thirty major league baseball teams it's absolutely insane now to the conspiracy theory point the reason why i'm upset is not only are we just getting shafted once again but like if you had the worst schedule last year you should be first in line to not have the worst schedule okay that's what it should be yeah that's all i'm saying it, it's constantly this thing and i get it we share an arena so yeah we're going to get some twelve thirty games On Saturdays or Sundays. I understand that when we get our new arena, probably that probably the 1230 games which the Clippers notoriously and historically suck at. We're horrible at those games because the Lakers are the main show and they play at the night. So I understand that. I just think that you should look at it. You should start from the bottom up. Like when you're making this schedule, be like, okay, who did we fuck over last year the most? Right, They'll be like, okay, the Clippers. All right, we'll take it easy on them. Nah, they're like, no, we're gonna do two sets of five games and sevens, and we're <laughs> gonna do twenty-five three and fives. What the hell is that, man? And you know, Kawhi is looking at Kawhi saw the schedule and he's like, nah, man, like exactly, I'm, yeah, I ain't playing, I ain't playing to those, you know. So, well, so this is an le-
1: interesting piece here, though. I'll, I'll jump in right now and I'll say that this part, like the schedule being hard, is one thing that you can't change. The Clippers can't change. It is what it is, but it's unfortunate. The part that is going to be very, very interesting for me and pro- mostly for you is how much this uh, affects specifically Kawhi and Paul George. Because as we've talked about, they both have player options for next year, but both of them will be eligible for contract extensions this year. And I know if I was a Clipper fan and I'm seeing Kawhi continue to sit out, not play games when he might be available and ready, uh, mostly Kawhi because he's the one I think that had the biggest problem with uh, by sitting out games when when you think he probably could be able to play. And the same thing for Paul George. If I'm the Clippers organization, I'm going to be monitoring this And significantly weighing how well, how many games they play, even with the toughness of the schedule, into consideration for whether or not we're going to give them a a contract extension and what that contract extension looks like. You know what I mean? Because uh, I just can't imagine you, you being the Clippers, offering another three, like a similar Anthony Davis deal, for instance, three years, 180 million to either one of these guys. If they can't prove that they can be on the fucking court, right? And that's been the biggest problem since you've had them. Uh, the success is there when they're there. It's just the absence of one or both of those guys crushes you year in and year out. So maybe this mm. is a good thing for the Clippers. Uh, and you can spin it that way and go, look, we're either gonna know where we're at moving forward and we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna learn that we should double down on these guys and and then and re-up. And then we're close, and we're so close and we can do it. Or it's time to cut ties, which, you know, because we're getting to that point with both of these guys in their ages and their injury history. You're very you're very right on
0: that. And to be fair to Kawhi and Paul George, like they both were injured a lot. It wasn't yeah. necessarily like, I don't want to play. OK, no, no. I, they were and injured. I, I, Kawhi has this stigma around him yes. about like waking up and saying, I'm not playing today. Well, right? because
1: I think and, he kind of started this new you know load management thing he was kind of on the forefront of the load management for players that's fine but he was also screwed over
0: in san antonio and had a lingering injury due to a medical staff that wouldn't tell him if he's good to play or he's not good to play the guy has ptsd when it comes to injuries right and so do franchises when they have to deal with the injuries so look I, i i don't think Kawhi or Paul George wakes up in the morning saying, I don't want to play today. I played yesterday, right? That's the narrative with Kawhi. And to be fair, if Kawhi would just speak up once in a while, like, please speak up and tell us how you really feel. Maybe we'd have a better understanding of where he's coming from. Unfortunately, we don't know that. We do with Paul George, who's been very transparent in his podcast, which I appreciate a lot, like for Clipper fans to, and he's really good at it too. Like he's actually very good at the podcast, brings in great, really great, yes and whatnot but he's verbal and and transparent when it comes to talking about the injuries and what he wants to do it's 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 a breath of fresh air because we don't get to hear that from Kawhi. but you're right the other side to this drew you're absolutely correct with the extensions that are coming what if we fuck around and both these guys get all nba right like which is completely possible for both of these guys that would be a dream come true for you
1: guys if they got all nba
0: I would Well, that means they both would play 65 games, where yes. if they're both playing
1: 65 games, we're in the hunt for something. If they're both playing 65 games and they're eligible for the All-NBA team and they both make an All-NBA team, you will be in the top three seeds in the West. There's no chance Agreed. that those two things happen separate from each other. Agreed. <laughs> but
0: for a contract standpoint, if both these dudes get All-NBA, yeah. <laughs> then we're going to have to fuck around and really have so Like, are we going to commit that much money to them? Look, I think... Uh, I I would love to accept even, even now, like I understand cutting ties and whatnot, but at the end of the day, we're seeing it with Hardini. Like at the end of the day, you have to look at the age of players, right? And like at some point, 35, 36, 37 is where you decline. It's just natural. It's, 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 it's it's the human body, man. Not everybody's LeBron. You start declining as, as a player. uh, And you're, you're starting to see that shit, man. Are we really going to pay this guy? $40 $40 million a year into his 37th year of right. adulthood. It's really difficult. So I don't even want to think about extension. I want the best case scenario. You're right, Drew. We're going to, it's, it's going to be extremely difficult for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to both play 65 games this year, especially with this schedule that's presented to us, because I think we're still, although Ty wants to be more focused on the regular season, thank God. Like he finally came out and said, Oh, maybe we should take it a little more seriously. No shit. I <laughs> <laughs> no shit. I think he's going to be heavily monitored. And I yeah. think uh, a, a, a coming off a knee injury, especially in the beginning of the season, we're going to see what it looks like in training camp. We're going to see what Paul yeah. looks like. Because for from everything I'm hearing, Paul's ready to go. I have absolutely no idea what Kawhi's is doing.
1: Yeah, and the last thing I'll mention here is Ty Lu, As you said, you got to take the, the regular season more seriously. you got all facets need to be taken more seriously for Ty Lu because he will be fired in the middle of this year. If you guys have a bad year and this and the excuse of, oh, we have the hardest schedule in the NBA is not going to fucking cut it when you're talking to upper management and the ownership. Steve Ballmer doesn't want to hear this schedule is hard. And that's the reason we're not able to win these games. So Ty Lue, I think last year did a good job of, of you know, dealing with being on the hot seat a little bit. I think this year the seat is permanently above the flame until he can prove that you guys can be a winning team this season. And I mean winning as in top four seeds in the West, right? I don't think anything other than that is going to be viewed as satisfactory by the ownership uh, of the Clippers and the front office. So I would expect Tyloo to be on his A game starting immediately, but especially through the regular season, because I think there's a chance that they will go fuck this, we're done and, and fire him if you guys are sitting in the, you know, 8, 9, 10 range at like oh. all-star break? Oh, look, I've, I'm a
0: Ty Lu fan. I know how good he is as a coach and whatnot, but at times the only frustrating thing about Ty is how casual he is about a lot of stuff. Yeah, but I think the players appreciate it. I think the players appreciate like his approach to the game and he's a great coach. It works. It's worked for him and whatnot. I just like him to be a little more pissed off. Like I'd like to see a pissed off some Tyler for once. I would like to. Like, you're hanging out with Kawhi too much. Not everybody can be a Kawhi and show no
1: emotion. Like, get pissed off about some shit. Right. So And we'll there's see. good coaches. There's good coaches. I mean, Budenholzer did not go anywhere. You know what I mean? Right. So he's just sitting there waiting for someone to get fired. Doc Rivers is not going to be the coach of the Clippers. So that won't happen. I don't think That's they're going to read. They're not going to double dip on Doc Rivers. So we don't have to worry about him. But I just think you know, that this is gonna be a very formulative year for the Clippers future. Well, at
0: least in, in two days, Drew, we do have FIBA basketball. Oh, we're basketball. Bas- we're gonna have some basketball on Woo-hoo! for a couple weeks here. I'm really excited about it. I there are some countries I didn't even know about. I didn't even know some of these countries existed. <laughs> um, I'm really excited about our basketball team, USA team. I think it's a group of, they're not the best players in the NBA. I don't even think there's a top 10 player in there. You can argue Anthony Edwards possibly, Um, but it's a group of really good basketball players. Like we got Jalen Brunson in there. I think Austin Reeves is going to have his breakout year um, coming off of this, this FIBA tournament, this world cup lot of talk about Anthony Edwards and we've talked about him a lot you specifically a couple you know a while ago was saying like this is going to be huge for Ant mm-hmm. and it seems like he's really embracing the role of being the 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 Jordan the Wade the Mellow of this team um, he's playing really well and I, I, I think I'm not necessarily sure we're going to win it all right I'm scared of a couple teams I think we should win it but I'm excited to see what Anthony Edwards, what Jalen Brunson, what these guys, Mikhail Bridges, like this group of guys is interesting, man. What's your thought, and where do you think we're going to go
1: with this FIBA team? Well, look, I think, as you said, I don't know if we're going to be favored or not. There's some teams that will have more experience, more continuity with each other that that may end up being able to to beat us. But we have the most talent, as, as we do every year. There's There's no lack of talent. If you want to talk about depth, we may not have the top end depth of the, you know, quote unquote LeBron, Kobe, Michael Jordan, those kinds of guys are not here as you stated. But our one through 15 or whatever, 14, I don't know how many guys they carry, is always going to be deeper than anyone else has to offer. And that includes our greatest competitors to the north in Canada and mm. our, you know, rivals in Spain and uh, you know, even Argentina, China, all these other teams do not have the depth of talent. That we that we possess, even with this roster. The interesting thing to me about what's going to happen in these games is trying to figure out who the best five are because there is a lack of continuity, because there is no true one guy. Right. There is not a LeBron or a Kobe or a Mike to just say you are the leader of this team. There isn't that. So because of that, we're going to see who's going to take the leadership and grab it. And run with it. And right now, it's Anthony Edwards, as you just mentioned. I mean, prior to the FIBA camp starting, the USA camp for FIBA, Steve Kerr called Anthony Edwards and told him he was not going to start. You're not going to be like the Kobe of the team. Uh, You're going to come off the bench. And Anthony Edwards says, well, we don't have a Kobe of the team, but that's okay. I'll I'll come off the bench. And then instead of doing something that may have crossed his mind, uh, which is, you know, withdraw from the team. Or, uh, you know, throw a fit, go to the press, you know, air out his grievances about this and say that he needs to be a starter publicly. He has put in the work within the within the team structure to vault himself to being. I don't think you can keep him off the floor now. No. Uh, So the most interesting part about this is while we don't have those A-list guys, we have a lot of guys that are very fucking good. Brandon Ingram has been an all-star. Anthony Edwards, all-star. Halliburton, all-star. Jalen Brunson was on the borderline last year. Triple J. Triple J, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, we have very, very good players here that are all on the rise. And that's the one thing that is nice about this is where uh, all of these guys can make a name for themselves in this turn. Every single one of them has an opportunity to be the best player for this team. Um, so Steve Kerr has a task on his hands. It's a, it's a fun task of you know uh, trying different lineups, seeing which one – hits the best i think triple j and, and bobby portis are like really really solid european competitive big man yeah right and i think those guys will, will play a lot of, of minutes yeah. uh, triple j especially um but it's like uh, of the guards and the wings like there's austin austin Reeves, of course jalen brunson tyrese halliburton who, who of those three is going to be on the court and then you got anthony edwards brandon ingram uh, are are all those guys going to be able to play together? And what is the best lineup there? Because, you know, I in the games that I've watched, and I, I'm definitely biased. I love myself some Austin Reeves, but in the games that I've watched, it's been Austin Reeves and Tyrese Halliburton, yeah, that have really shown out as the two guards. And I don't think either one of them going into it would have thought that they would start potentially over, you know, Ant Edwards or uh, Jalen Brunson, and and I think that's. That's the most interesting part is like what lineups work and will Steve Kerr have the balls to like not play Jalen Brunson and to run with a Halliburton Reeves and Ed- Josh Ed- Hart Edwards Halliburton Reeves Edwards as a starting three, I think right. would be, would be pretty incredible, but I would understand Jalen Brunson's big name. He's running the show for them at, as the point guard there. So I, I think most likely it's going to be like Brunson and Edwards or Brunson Halliburton and Edwards. That'll get the start. But anyway, look, when I look down the line, when I look down the line here, our group as we start, we're gonna our first game's is uh, Saturday morning here for us and West Coast, starts at 5:30 in the morning. I will not be up for that. I will be recording you that. Definitely won't be. Uh it is on ESPN two. Uh, and our first group stage game is against Greece. Uh, and unfortunately, that is Greece without Giannis and But uh the other group members that we have in our in our group. Is uh, uh New Zealand and Jordan. And actually, the first game is against New Zealand, not against Greece. Apologies. The first game is against New Zealand on Saturday at 5:30 in the morning. Uh, and then Greece, I think, is the following matchup on Monday. Um, we should get out of this group. N- no, no problems, right? Zero problems there, especially with no Giannis. We should take care of all three of these teams. And I would be kind of upset if any of them are even close. Uh, and when I look around at the other teams it's canada right but canada's in a group with france so that could be somewhat interesting we expect both of those teams to get out of there well and- canada's nice canada's got sga rj you know, murray dylan Murray brooks. just withdrew he just mm-hmm. withdrew from the team so keep going
0: they got sga rj barrett dylan brooks lou dort nikele alexander walker kelly olenek dwight powell not bad a lot no, of the cats
1: yeah it's not bad and then who else were you mentioning Spain, uh, France. France is in their same group wow, and they're always. always a pretty good team. I, I don't think Wembo's going to play. No. Do we have an he's not playing in this one, no. right? No. Uh and then you have to look at Spain, of course. Spain is always going to be, you know, in the mix. Um they have a really They're the you know, defending champs. Teams. I mean, there's only in the past 30 years, there's only been
0: three countries that have won it. It's been USA, it's been Spain, and it's been Yugoslavia once. So Spain's the one, the the defending champs, if I'm not mistaken. You know who the you know who the USA does not want to see at all in this tournament. Who at all? They do not want to see Bahamas Eric Gordon at all. <laughs> this Bahama Bahama Eric Gordon dude is a totally different player.
1: What the hell is going there's, on with Eric Gordon? Where was there's this? Two other there's two other guys in the Bahamian team, right?
0: There is. They have a, a Buddy Hield, if Buddy I'm not Heald. mistaken. Buddy healed, and then there's one one more. It doesn't matter. Bahama, Bahama, Eric Gordon is a different beast, man. We do not want to see him. Uh France, you had mentioned. They got Rudy, Nicholas Batum, Evan Fournier, Frank Nicolina, Frankie Smokes, my guy. Um Serbia, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Hovic, Poku. And Philippe Petruzev, Don't know him. I know he's playing in the NBA though. Uh, and then Germany, our boys, the Franz, Franz, Dennis Schroeder, Movog, and Daniel Tice. And Franz looked great too until he didn't. I'm a big Franz guy. I got to <laughs> spend a little bit of time with him this summer. But do you think there's any like they have the bets on this? So USA's minus 145 to win it. Canada's plus 850. Australia plus a thousand, France plus a thousand. Spain plus twelve hundred, Serbia plus sixteen hundred. Also, can we just shout out Luca in FIBA too? Like this guy's in the friendlies has been amazing, and Luca is amazing. But the shit that he's pulling out—I mean, this guy, this is his bread and butter. Right? Oh, yeah. Like this guy's been doing this his whole life. This is like riding a bike for him. But the passes this guy has been doing, uh, the shot, the shot making, just looks amazing. So he's been fun to watch.
1: Yeah, and to be fair, look, I mean, we're not going to go through a, a scouting report of all these teams, right? Because no. most of them, we're going to roll over, and they'll, they'll, they're going to have a short World Cup. It's just about the Spains, like the teams that we just brought up, if they can pull some shit together and keep it tight against this inexperienced, uh, you know, kind of lacking a leader team from the usa i there there is a game to be won there from these these experienced guys like the spain really spain france canada those are the three teams that i'm as as we just outlined that i think have the best chance uh at at you know fucking around and, and and keeping it close and then in the fourth quarter stealing one that's really how i think it will go uh if we're gonna lose but look man in the world of basketball not winning a tournament if you are the USA is, is a catastrophe. Well, we have to, if we want to be in the Olympics, right? I, there might be another way for us to qualify. I'm not sure about that, but uh, it just, it's our sport, man. This is our sport. The world has embraced it after it's taken hold of the United States. And it's awesome to see the sport grow, but we, it's not, we're not there yet. I mean, we can't be losing to a Greece with no Giannis. We can't be right. losing to right. Serbia with no Jokic. Like, Right. These are teams we should beat with college players, which is what we used to do. We used to only send college players over here, mm-hmm. play these international tournaments, and we would still whoop everyone's ass. These are teams we should beat with this level of talent that we have. And it's an exciting and fun team. I, I can guarantee, though, b- because of the lack of superstars, uh, the viewership is not going to be great for this. I, I can imagine people tuning in like you and me will watch these games because, oh, yeah. number one, I'm addicted to basketball, and, I, and there's been zero uh, for the past couple of weeks, it's always rough. Uh, but number two, I I want to see what these guys can do on the international stage, because not all of them will make it to the Olympics. In the Olympics, we expect the bigger names to put their hands up and go, OK, I'll I'll do this. I'll be a part of this. But I can guarantee you this. We're going to have probably two or three guys that are going to make the Olympic roster based on how they do right now. And so they're playing for something bigger than just this tournament. They're playing for you know their their potential international career for representing the most decorated country in the sport.
0: Yeah, I agree. And also, like, this is going to be – some of these players on our team are going to have breakout years this year. Like, Jaron Jackson Jr. after this, I think, especially with job being out 25 games, I think he's going to come into next season and crush. Austin Reeves, we're, we're both expecting – the world is expecting Austin to come in and crush. Tyrese Halliburton, who's already, like – on the cusp of being that next guy, him and Anthony Edwards. I think this is what Anthony's going to need to. We've we've talked about it at nauseum of what we think Minnesota needs to, and they need a, this version of Anthony Edwards, right? But the glue guys, the the Bobby Portises, the Walker Kessler's, the Cam Johnsons. These are guys that are. It's going to be valuable experience for them going into next year to their respective teams. Even even the Mikael Bridges thing, who just not necessarily shocked all of us, but when he finally got the green light and actually got to show people that he wasn't a fourth or fifth option on, on an offensive team as like the Suns, he wasn't just a defensive player. This guy can really get buckets and he's really good. I think you're correct with saying we don't necessarily have a leader, but maybe you don't with this team. Maybe it's, it's a collective of everybody. It's the leadership of Jalen Brunson. It's the play of Anthony Edwards. It's the vetness of Josh Hart. And and, in that, like, But also, like, I want to just bring up Australia's team really quick because they're pretty deep as well. Giddy, Joey, uh, uh, the Australian Chris Kringle, Joe Ingles, Dante Exum. Shout out. I was so high on Dante Exum when he was coming out out over there. Thought he was going to be the number one pick. Fun fact, Clips doesn't call him too well sometimes. Dante Exum was a guy I was really high on. (laughs) Uh, Josh Green, Xavier Cooks, Dyson Daniels, Jacques Landell, Patty Mills, my fucking favorite, Patty Mills. Matisse Thibel and Jack White. Like that, that's not a bad little team that they have there, too. I think you're right, Drew. I don't think we're gonna be kicking anybody's ass. Maybe in this first group play, hopefully we can yeah. kick Greece's ass. But when, we, when we're playing these other teams, it's gonna be close, man.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. Cause like, look, there's there's also the adjustment to the international way of play that these these all of these players will be learning during this tournament, right? I, you know, there's a structure. There's no TV timeouts. Games go faster mm-hmm. in these FIBA World Cup or the FIBA tournaments that, we, that, they, that we're that that we a part of. So substitution patterns will be disrupted. Like, it, it's not the normal, oh, it's been, you know, six minutes left in the game. Timeout. TV timeout. Everyone gets to take a breather. Uh, and we get to, you know, reset our lineup and put our guys. In. No, it's none of that shit. And the refs are always, you know, the refs are always a little bit of a... uh adjustment for for our, our NBA guys. And so um I think you're right. I will be disappointed if we lose at all, period, but it's more acceptable to lose to one of these more powerhouse uh, countries than it is for us to to stumble and not focus because that's what it would come down to is if we lose to a team that we shouldn't lose to, it means we didn't take it seriously. So I hope, and I think you know with the coaching staff that we have, the players will know that this is important. The players will know that they can't lose wearing this USA jersey. Uh, it's a long legacy of success that has laid down before them, even though we've had moments in time where we've stumbled. And some have looked back to that, you know, real fa- failure uh, back in, what was that, 2003 or four, uh, where we had all this disjointed, kind of Ugh. random superstars that were very me-focused and I think part of the reason we've chosen the team that we have is because there is no one guy. Uh, as we've talked about, all of these guys should be playing pretty well together, supporting each other, and being a, as much of a team as that you can be for this a period of time. Uh, so I'm excited, and I do think there's going to be leadership. Like Bobby Portis, for instance, you know, doesn't have like a decorated international career, but that's a leader, right? He's a he's an older guy. He can help these guys work through stuff. He can be, uh, you know, another mouth for the coach. Like, you know, Bobby, you know, tell Jaron he's got to be doing this over here. Or, mm-hmm. You know, help this guy out. Talking, being vocal on the defensive end is always important, and especially, uh, you know, even if you're not playing, you can help be vocal while you're sitting on the bench and letting guys know, oh, there's a cutter behind you. All this all this other stuff that, that can come through with leadership. But uh, look, man, I'm excited for it because, you know, I, have, <laughs> I haven't seen basketball in these weird exhibition games. Uh, In quite some time, and uh, you know, while the games are going to be probably tough for us to catch live, uh, I'll be I'll be checking out a lot of them, and I will be rooting very firmly for my boy Austin Reeves. You know, last thing though,
0: and you kind of touched on it, is Steve Kerr is going to have to coach too. Like this is going to be like not the easiest job either. Steve Kerr is going to really have to coach these guys. You don't got Steph, you don't got Clay. Um, and I think he, Steve Kerr is the perfect guy for the job, so they should they should be fine. But I'm looking forward to it. Definitely recording because I I don't know what the Philippine time is, right? That's where they're at in the Philippines. I have no idea where this is. Yeah, they're they're in the Philippines, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, give me a final thought,
1: Drew. Um, my final thought is kind of hearkening back to something that you brought up regarding the schedule for your Clippers, but. It's national TV games. They released how many national TV games is going to be provided to each of the teams this coming year as the schedule was released. Uh, You have, first and foremost, 29 national television games for the Golden State Warriors. So clearly the NBA is saying that they're they're interested in seeing Chris Paul and Steph Curry and the rest Aren't of these guys all? play. Aren't we all? Yeah, I think we're all going to be uh, tuning in for those. The Lakers sitting there with 28 games. I think it's 28 or 27, National Games number two. Celtics, no surprise, in three. Suns, no surprise, in four. Uh, you know, that, I'm kind of actually a little surprised that they're not higher on that list, but you know, that's still a lot of nationally televised games. The Denver Nuggets actually finally get – what they deserve, and the, and the nation now will be able to see and imp- they can no longer refute that Nikola Jokic is the greatest basketball player on this earth, because mm. he gets 22, I think, uh, nationally televised games, and last year ESPN had one. I think they had one Denver game. Not, not overall for the entire year, because TNT had a couple games with Denver, but uh, just not, not enough national televised games for Jokic. And the surprise, and this is where you know, my my final thought, essentially, is, is the Knicks are the next most televised nationally, in all of the teams in the NBA, and below them, are three teams, maybe even four, that I definitely want to watch more than these fucking Knicks. And I love the Knicks, and I think the team that they're doing something over there, they got something going. I'm excited for the Knicks this this season. <laughs> I think they can, you know, make something happen and make a playoff run, but. God damn it. I want to see the Bucks and Giannis Luca and the uh, the Mavs. Yeah. Joel Embiid and the Sixers and Jimmy Butler and the heat way more than I want to see these, these Knicks. And I know that the Knicks draw a huge fan base globally. And I think overall, like all these New Yorkers are spread out around the world and around the United States. They tune in, they tune into these games and I'm sure the viewership is fine. And maybe that's driven by the fact that those numbers do well when the Knicks are playing, uh, but goddamn, I mean, yeah. can they do some? Can they do something before we give them the sixth most televised games nationally? Before former champions, Milwaukee Bucks, former MVPs in Giannis and Joel Embiid, and potentially the greatest young player that we've ever seen coming to the NBA, Luka Doncic. I just, I don't understand. And so my final thought is this: I won't be watching as many of these nationally televised Knicks games you lie at, as you are out there. It. No, I'm just going to choose to watch el- other games is what I'm saying. Like, well, we'll have, obviously, you know, if, if there's nothing else on, if there's no other alternatives, then I will be watching that. Or if the alternative is, let's see what the Charlotte Hornets got against the Orlando Magic tonight, I probably will watch whoever the hell the Knicks are playing. But it's just weird to me that the Knicks are sixth on the list when, you know, they should be Realistically, they should be down here with the Wembo. Like I I'd, I'd rather watch I would rather watch Wembo. Wembo. Yeah. Yeah. And and 20 games of scoot up in Portland. Yes. And Wembo, Wembo and the Spurs get eleven games right next to the underappreciated Kings, who also get eleven games. that I would love to watch them more. The Clippers are only at twelve, by the way. I think twelve mm. nationally televised games. That's fine. Uh, which is nuts. I'd rather watch more of them, but I don't have that problem because we're local, so I'll get to tune in. Uh, but, you know, you have the Blazers down with one nationally televised Blazers game. Blazers only got one, one, one. <laughs> one. One. Wow. It's Blazers, uh, Wizards, Raptors, Magic, Pacers, Rockets, Detroit, and and the Charlotte Hornets all get one nationally televised game. And, look, I get that. That all of that grouping, I can understand. I can understand I mean, that grouping. I'd be
0: fine, I'd be fine without watching Washington once this year. Totally. Like, I can't
1: believe they have a nationally televised game. <laughs> uh but anyway, the, the the last thing I'll mention here, other than my disappointment in the Knicks getting so much love, which is you know not shocking, is the one Portland Trailblazers game that is nationally televised, clips is the day after the trade deadline. And it's against the Miami Heat. Mm. so that is the schedule and if you want to talk about scripts this is a great time to talk about scripts Subliminal. if you want to talk about conspiracy theory scripts the nba has maybe leaked a little bit of a script here in the fact that we may expect damian lillard to be on the miami heat they, they know what they're doing that trade deadline going that way so they they definitely know stuff what they're doing. with not a whole lot going on that's the best i got for the final top.
0: Well, that's not bad. Or you could just spring for League Pass and get to watch any games that you want all the time. If yeah. you don't, if people don't have League Pass, get League Pass. It'll change your whole life. <laughs> uh, my final thought's going to be quick, Drew. Uh, I, I finally had an epiphany. I can't spell that, but that's what I had—an epiphany. I think, I think I I'm was at in high stripper.
1: school with her. Epiphany. Epiphany Williams. I was a stripper I once dated. Name nice. It.
0: Yeah. Um. That's who it was. <laughs> uh. That was back in back. Younger Clips was a wild guy. Wild guy. Uh. <laughs> I want to do something, Drew. It's been a long time, and I think it's time. I want our listeners, people that you know, listen to our whole show and they're listening to this right now, it's time for a Clips and Drew meetup. It's time for a watch party. It's time to get people together. We need to have another event. People have been asking about it. I want to have one. I want to be able to get all the local people, you know, whether it's San Diego, LA, San Francisco. Hell, you can fly in if you want to, but Clips and Drew are going to do. Uh, we're going to do a watch party we're going to find a dope ass place to go maybe it'll be your brother's spot again uh where we can meet up and watch some basketball we want to meet with you guys hang out chill and just have a really cool experience we want to you know be able to engage with our listeners and have really cool basketball conversations and the events that we've done have been really fun and i want to be able to do it again so drew and i are going to be coming up with ideas, places. Uh, and just have a good time. So if you want to be down, you want to be on the invite list, we're going to
1: invite everybody, but, uh, let us know. Cause I think we've had fun doing that. Right, Drew. Definitely. Yeah. We've had a couple of these over the years. COVID slowed that down, obviously, but sure did. Uh, it, it, it is always fun. And, and opening night is exactly two months to the day from Ooh. today, October Ooh. 24th, featuring yours, truly Los Angeles Lakers against the Denver Nuggets at the 4.30 start time and then finishing with the Suns and Warriors. Uh, so Chris Paul gets a rematch against Ooh, his old team to start okay. the season off. So, uh, you know, it is that is a Tuesday. So I don't know if that's exactly when we'll do this or not, but that could be a fun way to break in the season, have people join us somewhere for like a live watch party. Yeah, Clips and Drew tip-off party. I love it. All right, Drew, we got to get out
0: of here. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew and we're Ghosts. Happy Kobe Day.